It's not the big bravery, it's the small brave moves that we make on a daily, weekly basis that actually have the highest impact. On this episode of the Creators Community, we'll meet Nicole Bianchi, co-founder and partner of Bravio Human Development and now published author of her new book, Small Brave Moves. We'll learn what drove Nicole to founding a coaching and consulting company after a successful career in corporate America, what surprises she experienced along the writing journey of her new book, and how small brave moves can compound just like interest on your money when you embrace and implement the proper mindset, behaviors, and habits. This show is for leaders looking to raise their game and empower their teams. Check it out. Welcome to the first season of the Creator Community. This is a brand new podcast from book publisher New Degree Press. I'm your host, John Saunders, founder of Forward Advisory Solutions. The show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books with NDP. This year, NDP will cross over 1,000 published authors. In this show, we will get to know the authors and their books, as well as give you a behind-the-scenes look at their journey. We'll find out what it takes to bring a book from an idea to being available wherever you buy books online. It's no easy task. Today I have with me Nicole Bianchi, author of Small Brave Moves, Learn Why Little Acts of Bravery Are the Key to Life-Changing Leadership. Nicole is a founding partner at Bravium HD, where she is a professional speaker, facilitator, and master coach designing and facilitating transformational workshops in leadership, team alignment, and culture building. Before Bravium, she was a human resources and organizational development executive, leading the transformation with ConAgra Brands and Merkle Insurance. Her passion is inspiring bravery. Her focus is enabling leaders to stretch into their bravest selves. Nicole's book just published a few weeks ago and is available wherever you buy books online. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. It's, it's really great to have you. You know, writing a book is no easy journey, but before we get there, I'd love to share with the listeners just a little bit more about your background and your career. You know, how do you go from an HR executive to founding and owning your own business? Well, what a great example of a small brave move actually in action. Um, I had built, uh, I built starting a business up to be so big that it was almost unreachable in my mind. And when I began to lessen it and realize that there were actually small brave moves that I could make, um, that really helped me figure out where I should start. And I started taking some time off work and exploring and uh, working with clients to build leadership programs or help them uh, design a one-of-a-kind retreat. Um, and I knew that was just the beginning uh, when one of my first clients ended up being a Fortune 10 company. And I knew I was on to something special. Uh, and from that point on, I intentionally began building out what become what has become Bravium. And uh, we've been around for about 10 years now. Unbelievable. You know, when you think about Right, this small brave move in your own life, as you described it. You know, what do you think drove you to make that move to founding this organization and reaching out to to help so many? I wanted to inspire transformation on a much larger scale. And I knew to do that, I would have to leave and go to the outside where I could work with multiple clients, leaders at all different levels. I wanted to, I wanted my impact and the impact of the work that we do to be further reaching. And so that's why I, I took the leap and uh, never looked back. Unbelievable. I mean, 
HR executive now out helping dozens of leaders across the country and doing so much great work for, for businesses. Uh, you know, let's move over to your book journey now, right? How you became an author, how do you get from idea to published book? And more importantly, with this schedule you're talking about, how do you find the time in your life? I knew I had a book inside of me, but I didn't know where to start. Um, and I've been talking about writing a book for a pretty long time. I would say three to four years. Oh, wow. um, and I wrote down one of my goals at the end of 2019. My goal was write the damn book. And I told myself, <laughs> if I can't write this, I have got to bless and release this like enough talking. Um, so sure, I had stories and, and things that were beginning to kind of culminate, but I really didn't have um, a partner. And so I began to interview publishing companies and came across Eric Koyster from the Creators Institute and New Degree Press. And once I interviewed um, him and uh, the organization, I knew this was a great fit. And here's why. I They provide a playbook that works. Um, and I can show you all sorts of data that supports that it works. And they work with you side by side through the whole process. So before becoming a published author, I thought to myself, well, I'm not really a writer. I don't write every day in the work that I do. They help you become that writer and that published author. Also, I would say, um, when you talk, when you ask about the journey, so many people think, well, you start here, you do these steps, and your book is produced. And it's this parallel line that's super easy and simple. And reality, it's this large squiggle line with so many different <laughs> things that happen and disruptions and moves. And, and um, so the journey, uh, but you learn so much and you grow so much from that journey. And partnering with a publisher that really is all in with you uh, gave me the momentum that I needed to get this across the finish line. Uh, I mean, partnership discipline, because it's such a non-linear move, right? It's, it's what an incredible story. And having that, that accountability partner, that coach to help you along, I think is so important. And how did you fit this into your life? I mean, you already are working so many hours a week. Where did you find the time to do this? Well, I would, I woke, I, set my alarm multiple hours earlier than I normally would. And because I found that I had my highest energy uh, in the mornings and that's where I would do it. I would also use it as a creative outlet in between meetings or sometimes in the evenings when I felt like, especially when, when it was a day I didn't really get to be creative in the work I, I do, uh, which is not often I would, that was a creative outlet for me. So I, I, I pulled in, um, I was really disciplined about just setting aside and blocking time from here to there. And then also uh, making tough decisions to say no to some things. So I could have the space to write it. The creative process, when I think about writing a book, is not, um, okay, I wrote the story and it's done. It's a very iterative process. And you have to give yourself the space to be able to create that. And that happens over time. It doesn't happen in a long weekend uh, at a beach house um, with this glorious environment. Like it, it really does happen over multiple months. And, and so being able to embrace that iterative process and taking those chunks of time to be able to do that was so helpful for me. I love the fact that you could find your own schedule to do it, right? You sometimes wrote in the morning, sometimes during the day when you had a thought or an idea or sometimes at night. But I think the beauty of, of that story is that it's you fit it in. You have to find the time and have the discipline to do it, but you fit it into where you wanted it to be. And I feel like there's so many, I'll say, life lessons in your story that I bet apply to your coaching and, and consulting work and facilitating you've done as well. Uh, uh, really, 
I love that. Um, you know, now that you've got this book out there, and when you look back over this, you know, year plus journey you went on, how did or roughly your journey you went on? Have there been any unexpected positives that have come out of this experience, this creative journey for you? Yes, I. The unexpected positives have been connecting with other leaders who have so much to say on this topic. So my network has grown significantly. Um, I would also say that uh, an unexpected positive is that uh, there's publishing a book gives you, I intended to publish a book because I wanted it to be a business tool for leaders and receiving notes and messages from leaders all over the world about the impact of one small quote or a chapter or something that moved them significantly has, I had no idea. I mean, I, I, you hope for those things to happen, but when people reach out and message you or post something on social media about the impact of your book, uh, it overwhelms me and makes me just, it just makes my heart sing. That is awesome. So certainly growing your network is a part of it. And really, I think part of the journey and getting the book written, especially for nonfiction, but the fact that you've been able to inspire so many and that they've taken the time to reach out to you, that's, that's mm -hmm. awesome. So th the book, like, why did you write this book? And why do you think it was necessary to, to get out there now? I, um, well, it's interesting. I had the concept for the book right before the pandemic. Well, in the la the year before leading up to the pandemic. And it was something common that I was seeing um, in the work I was doing with leaders, whether I was coaching, uh, helping them with strategic planning or building out, you know, a leadership program for them. And the common missing element was bravery. And so I, 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 I thought to myself, okay, what is getting in the way of, of this happening? And, I, and this pattern uh, began to emerge. And then when I would talk about it with leaders, they would answer it with, well, I don't really think I'm being that brave at all. And making bravery to be out like this big, heroic, you know, you come in with the cape and you're there to save the day, the big iconic moves like heroes make. Um, and that amplified actually during the pandemic. And I realized small brave moves, this is how it began to be born was because it explores the intersection of bravery and leadership is that it's not the big bravery. It's the small brave moves that we make on a daily, weekly basis that actually have the highest impact. And so then I began to ask myself, okay, well, what does small B, small bravery look like for leaders? And um, simultaneously, I was seeing a pattern emerge through the workshops and the coaching that conceptually leaders get, right, how to have the tough conversations, how to challenge something big that's happening, whether it's a, a merger, an acquisition, speaking up, or even just something so simple as asking an, an executive to mentor you. And um, when I think about that, they were struggling with, <clears throat> conceptually, they get it, but they're struggling going back and doing it in their culture and in their environment. And so then I began to work on the mindsets, behaviors, and habits that um, would help them make those small, brave moves. And that's how I was born. That's incredible. So really, uh, uh, starting out with an idea, but then continuing to learn throughout the journey yourself, uh, uh, that is awesome. When you think about all the research you did, the months and months of it, and many, many interviews, what was one of your favorite interviews from the book, and why did you find it so compelling? 
there were many interviews that had a high impact and and here's why I'm going to tell you the kind of the big and then I'll get, I'll share the specific one that really had the most impact. I began interviewing leaders uh, at the beginning of the pandemic around what was helping them be braver right now. And listening to what these leaders were diving into and ultimately their mindsets, behaviors, and habits that were helping them make those small, brave moves. Those were not their words that they used, but that's what it ended up forming into. And so being able to interview CEOs, small business owners, leaders from all sorts of companies was impactful. And I learned so, so much. (coughs) Excuse me. One of my most favorite interviews uh, was actually Danielle Kurgan, and she is the chief transformation officer at Macy's. So imagine being in an industry under tremendous pressure to evolve, right? The retail industry, and then a pandemic hits and Macy's stores were actually designated um, as non-essential by government mandates. And she and the leadership team had to furlough 108,000 people. Mm. So think about that. They had this sudden jolt. They're in survival mode. They've got to conserve cash. They've got to make fast decisions. Yet they're trying to lead with empathy and compassion for this 108,000 people, which ends up being about 90% of their workforce. And they had to let 108,000 people that they would know that they would have no paycheck effective immediately. Macy's ended up having to close their door for 10 weeks. And she shares in the interview what she experienced as an executive leader, having to make those calls, right? Those moments of kind of panic and these flashes of bravership, bravery and leadership that you really, you know, no one can teach and train you, but you learn them through small, brave moves you make leading up until that. And so she goes into the habits that she leaned into during those time, those moments. Um, and I, and she, it was an incredible interview. She was emotional. I was emotional. We were both like, oh my gosh. And I learned so much from her and the tough decisions that she and the leadership team had to make. And some of the, you'll learn in the book, uh, post, you know, 12 months, 18 months later, the payoffs of what they did and how making those small, brave moves paid off for them. And so I won't reveal too much more because it's definitely a must read interview. 108,000 people. That's actually slightly larger than the town I grew up in. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about having an impact on people, but then making good choices, it sounds like with empathy and having a a good result on the other end of it. Uh, And Craig, that's an incredible story. Uh, when you think about lessons that that your book has, you know, what can we share with leaders that are working to be braver? Yeah. Uh, so small brave moves are actually the compound interest of leadership. And so think about the same way that money multiplies um, through compound interest, the effects of those mindsets, behaviors, and habits multiply as you repeat them over time. And um, for some of us, you know, in the beginning, it feels like, oh, am I, is it really making a big difference um, in that moment or any given day? But they do. And they multiply over months and years. And they're actually the key to life-changing leadership. And so um, that's a big lesson that I've learned uh, in doing this is it's that repetitiveness, right? That builds up to be so much more. It makes me think of, uh, I think it was Warren Buffett that said it, uh, right? It takes... 20 years to build a reputation and minutes to destroy it, right? And uh, Absolutely. What, what a great example of that. Uh, 
You know, what's one insight that's dramatically changed your approach to bravery as you look across the, the course of your career and, and new business you founded, or, or I shouldn't say new, but the business you founded? Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, it's, we can have, we can do all the right things, right? We can practice the small, brave moves. We can work hard on, on all of having those tough conversations and things like that. But culture and environment play such a, an important role in enabling us to be brave. And so that has been kind of an aha for me, for me. And I learned that when I worked on the inside, I've seen that on the outside, but it really came to life as I was beginning to piece all this together in this book. And it can really influence whether you're willing to be brave or not. And as leaders, you know, how can we create uh, culture and environment for others to tap into so that they can show up as their bravest selves and when I coach leaders on how to make the small brave moves, I really try to understand the culture and the environment that they're in so that we can begin to think about it as an entire system so they can show up and, and work to be their bravest selves. But again, not all culture and environments allow that um, or foster that or enable that. And that was uh, definitely uh, one insight that definitely dramatically approached my change or approach. You know what I'm saying? Dramatically changed my approach to bravery. Uh, right. You, I, you said a key word in there for me, which is enable, right? People don't just often take these uh, uh, examples and lessons and sort of run with them, in term, especially when it comes to being brave, because you're taking a risk, right? So if I'm a leader and I'm thinking, boy, I, I'd love to do this, but you know, where do I start? How do I put some of these small, brave moves into action? Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss the question back to you for a minute. So if you want to get really, really good at something, what do you do? Practice. Repetition. Yes. Yeah. yes. So it is all about practice. It's about experimenting. It's about giving yourself permission to not be perfect, to maybe fail, but to pick yourself up again, right? And practice over and over. And just because it didn't work this moment, this time, this day, doesn't mean that it won't work again tomorrow or the next day or the day after. And so really, again, being able to, to practice, to experiment, giving yourself permission to fail. Uh, I mean, my kids are going to summer camp and joining a swim and dive team this summer. And I feel like I'm having the same conversations with them right now. I really, and these are, these are not leadership lessons as per se, they're lifelong lessons. I think how we can apply it to so many things in life. And I love that you've brought it to, to leadership because it's such an important role in, in communities and society today. Uh, you know, when you think about the book and, you know, what, what would you say are some of the uh, key message or, you know, key lessons readers can take away from your book? Well, I think you touched on it just a moment ago when you talked about this isn't just uh, work, this isn't just for your leadership business professional, but it is personal as well, right? And I made a really intentional choice uh, when I wrote the book. I wanted to be a bit disruptive in the business world. Most business leadership books, um, it comes from the author's point of view, and it shares more like client uh, stories or interviews, but it doesn't always share stories of your own leadership journey and kind of the slips, trips, and falls that you've made. And so that was a really intentional choice. The book is filled with personal, professional, um, small, brave moves that may have worked out and may not have worked out sometimes. Um, because I want people to realize small, brave moves is accessible for everyone. I want them to ask themselves, what's the bravest thing I can do right now in those moments? Uh, I, because I want them to know that they can grow influence. 
they can accomplish more and they can fear less. Uh, Living a life of bravery plus leadership, small brave moves, creates a competitive advantage for leaders. Um, And it just takes one small brave move to get there. Right. Getting getting out of the gate, finding that first first small brave move. And I love that question. What's a small brave move I can do right now? And I think the lesson here is how do we constantly ask ourselves that question and build a roadmap for that? And I appreciate that you you put this together. Uh, you know, Nicole, if people want to learn more about you and your book, where, where might they go? You can head to my website, www.nicolembianchi.com to uh, learn more about my offerings as well as the book, Small Brave Moves. And do you have a favorite social media handle you use out there? LinkedIn is my absolute favorite. And my handle is at Nicole M. Bianchi. And I would love to interact with you on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Nicole, thanks for being on the show. Small Brave Moves, Learn Why Little Acts of Bravery Are the Key to Life-Changing Leadership is now available wherever you buy books online. I'm your host, John Saunders. Keep moving forward. <laughs>